Hello and welcome to the Modern Musclehead Podcast. This is Scott Tuzna of MetabolicMasterpiece.com along with my co-host Brian Cron of BrianCron.com. And today we are joined by Jeff Alberts of 3DMuscleJourney.com. Um, I have been looking forward to this uh, podcast, this interview uh, for probably, what, six weeks now, we've tried to line Jeff up. He's a busy guy um, coaching some great students out there and working on building his physique along with a wonderful, beautiful family. So really appreciate him coming on today to join us. I have been following his journey for the past couple of years, um, and it's been really inspiring to see how he's been able to carve out and build up his physique in his early 40s. So really looking forward to, to picking his brains, getting his insights and in what this process has been like over the past couple of years and compare it to um, previous years. He's been at this for, for a couple decades now and um, it's really intriguing to see what we learn along the way. So Jeff, thank you so much, buddy, for taking some time out of your busy schedule and uh, joining us to, today. It's been it's a real honor to have you on the call. Oh, I appreciate the, the warm welcome. That was pretty smooth <laughs> like you said brian he's a he's a, he's smooth at this <laughs> i know yeah I, I catch him talking to my wife sometimes when i'm not around i'm like dude what are you doing i'll, make, I'll, I'll keep an eye on him if he ever comes to california then sure. <laughs> i'll melt in california i'm from uh, canada here so we, i don't know if i can handle that heat <laughs> Uh, Jeff, it's been it's been great. Actually, the past couple of days, what you've been posting on uh, Facebook has been really uh, intriguing. I want to I want to first talk about the cut, the the nice long, slow and steady cut that uh, that you took between 2013 and 2014 to prepare for your last show. Now, when I saw you, just over 200 pounds there uh, at the beginning of that journey, your your guns were barely fitting into the, the photo. I, the lens must have been an extra wide lens there to fit in those arms. Um, I just, uh, <laughs> what, did you really, I just kind of want to pick your brain on, on that slow and steady process. Was it more or less because you had a fair amount of weight to lose? Um, would you have rather had that uh, process go a little bit quicker? Um, or is like slow and steady the approach that you would recommend um, to anyone else who's, who's approaching um, getting ready for contest shape. Yeah, I definitely think, uh, you know, the slow conservative approach is, is the best way to go. You know, I'll give you some hindsight with that picture first is that, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it looks impressive to, you know, the, the normal guys like, wow, that guy's got some big guns, but there was a lot going on inside that was probably not too healthy. You know, physically it's probably, if I was to go up maybe a couple flights of stairs, I would have been huffing and puffing. That's how out of shape I was. You know, I was strong, yeah, because, you know, 200-plus pounds, I could move a lot of weight. But, you know, inside, it's just like I wasn't very healthy. And, uh, you know, emotionally, it just wasn't too pleasant to, to, to be that way. And, you know, if you back up from that photo, because that was like May, somewhere around May of 2013. Wow. So, in about six months prior to that, I wasn't training for like four months because for the birth of my son basically I was you know just investing a lot of my time in making sure that my new family was going to be set up right and structured and you know just preparing for that and um, so I didn't train basically and, and mm -hmm. you know when you stop training you, you get occupied with life you know I kind of lost sight of, of diet too so it was like I was losing muscle and gaining some body fat at the same time so it was depressing while I was going through that, but at the same time, I just kept telling myself, you know what, 
you know, muscle memory is, is a real thing. And I know once I get back in the gym, it's all going to come back. So I kind of just, you know, was okay with kind of just taking that layoff. Um, so, you know, coming back into the gym, you know, I got a, a good hold on my training. You know, I got my size back relatively quickly and my strength. Like within the first month, I was, yeah, I was like hitting PRs almost. Wow. And then after that, it was like, you know, I just kind of was just enjoying life still. And I wasn't really caring about my diet too much. So it was actually um, right around July that summer of 2013. <clears throat> that's when I kind of actually started my prep. I, you know, I, didn't, I haven't really told anybody that, but I was 213 pounds at that point. I was like, you know, 40 over plus 40 plus over. Mm-hmm. So basically all I did was kind of just started watching my fat intake. So from July all the way till December, I kind of lost about 10 pounds just by watching fat intake. Um and then so officially the prep started in December. And as you guys know, it was like close to a full year by the time I was done. Yeah. So it was, it was really like more of like a, a year and a half process as far wow. as like fat loss. But it was, it was more like a two-year process from the time I kind of, uh, uh, you know, was getting back into the gym from a four-month layoff. And then even six months prior to that, I tore my calf. Oh, oh wow. wow. So yeah. how'd that happen? Wow. Yeah. So yeah, actually, it was uh, I tore my calf. No, I, I I stand corrected. I tore my calf in um, the summer of 2013. Wow. So right after that photo photo you guys seen uh, on Facebook, yeah, I tore my calf at right after that. Oh. Huh. So yeah, it's just it's kind of to to show people out there, you know, if you you could have setbacks and still come back and even improve, even if you're kind of out of the gym a little while or whatever. Right. So that's something I kind of proved to myself is not to get, not beat myself up, you know, if I'm in a down moment, because there's, there's always an upside that's going to end up coming out of it. Mm-hmm. Now, when you're, when you're posting oh, photos like that, you're, you got the big guns there, shirt on, looks impressive. We're getting lots of positive feedback from, from other guys. They see you're lifting heavy shit. They see that you look big and swole. Um, did you get a lot of positive feedback, or were there some people that say, "Dude, you better start cutting pretty soon"? Uh, usually, it's like it's all positive. You know, you get mm-hmm. the young guys. Oh man, you're 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 jacked. You're swole. I mean, you know, you're benching <laughs> 300 pounds or whatever. But like I said, it's like there's more to it than just what you're looking like on the outside. Like if I took my shirt off at the beach, I would yeah, I'd be embarrassed. I'm right. like, okay, I look like. You know, I look like, no offense to, to football players, but I look like an offensive lineman, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. So at the beach, it doesn't, I didn't, it, it I was insecure about it. So it's like mm-hmm. taking my shirt off. I was like, no, I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. And, um, so, but yeah, just internally, it's just like, yeah, I wasn't healthy. And I'm thinking in my mind at that point, it's like, okay, my son is like, you know, he's going on six months old, but if I want to go play with, you know, at the park with them, I'm not going to be able to run, you know, because I'm going to be out of breath. So so that really kind of changed my perspective too. Is like off seasons because it's like okay, mm-hmm. I need to kind of keep things a little bit tighter, especially just for for health reasons. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty wild. Like looking back to that was right around. I, I started I started following you back then. So it's it's been close to two years that I've been following your journey and <clears throat> yeah, seeing you sure on looking impressive. And yeah, a lot of people don't realize what is going on internally. I know for myself. 20 extra pounds on, on my physique and I, I do not feel like the same man. I do not. I want to stay covered up and sure my chest looks thicker. My shoulders look wider. Arms are ridiculous. But um, yeah, I when I don't feel confident to, to take my shirt off, it's just something I just don't feel 
quite like myself. And then fast forward to like the last six months of your prep there for the contest. I don't think I saw a video with you with a shirt on, <laughs> all your workout shirt <laughs> off, flexing. You see all the freaking crazy striations. It was a, it's something else. How how once you gain that confidence, you start feeling good about yourself. Uh, the last thing you want to do is cover it up. <laughs> Yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, it's kind of funny because I think when I was in my 20s, it, taking my shirt off was kind of an ego thing. Mm-hmm. But now it's like, okay, you know what? I've worked for freaking 29 years on this physique. So, <laughs> you know, I don't care if people think I'm egotistical or not. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, it's like I'm celebrating what I've just built over the last three decades. So that's kind of, I, I kind of have that perspective going into the season was like, you know what, this is a celebration of 29 years worth of work. So mm-hmm. whether I place well or don't place well, I don't, I don't really care because I'm going to present my hard work over the last, you know, close to 30 years. So that's kind of was my, uh, my, my take on uh, like, and I have a home gym. So I'm like, I can take my shirt off. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So that's, tw- that's an interesting perspective, man. That's, that's, uh, yeah. that's really cool to, to view it that way. And a lot of people look at us as being vain, but it, but it's, it's not it to me. It's an art form. It's uh, the physique is an amazing, beautiful thing. And when you got your shirt off there training to me, I mean, it fires me up. It makes me want to step up my game. And then I just get fascinated by by seeing the details and the definition that just starts popping out of your physique as you're transforming it. Uh, it fires me up and I, I don't see it as a vanity thing. I, I see it as an art more than anything. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I wrote a, a blog on our on the 3D Muscle Journey website. It's probably a couple of years back now. Um, and basically kind of touched on this subject was that, you know, I could see how like the, the general uh, public, they kind of see, they kind of perceive bodybuilding as an egotistical sport. You know, they see guys flexing or whatever. It's like, you know, these guys are egotistical. They're all into themselves. But it's like you said, it's like an art form. You know, when we look at an artist who's like, let's say, creates this beautiful painting, you know, everybody looks at it and goes, ooh, ah, wow. But when a bodybuilder showcases their physique, you know, it's like, how, how are we egotistical? It's kind of the same thing. Right. You know, we're showing off our, our what we just created. Um, so it's just, yeah, I think it's just sometimes bodybuilding gets a bad rap. Yeah. So you, now you say 29 years, and I mean, that's a, that's, that's a long time for any endeavor. Um, so I, I, there certainly must have been a lot of learning along the way. Um, I, oh, yeah. <laughs> And I, it's kind of a you know a very you know open-ended question. I mean, I'm sure you've learned a ton. You know, and I'm sure, and if you could go back in time, there'd be a lot you would do differently from day one and maybe at year ten or whatever. Like, oh, yeah. like for sure. Like, what would be like, you know, the top whatever one or two or three or whatever things that you've kind of that you've learned relatively recently that, you know, I don't know, say wish you could do over. Just things that you've learned that I uh, think I. Th- yeah, I mean, we could talk all day about this. But <laughs> I know. To, to kind of, you know, but I think the biggest one is like kind of the way because I was like self-taught all these years. So, so basically, I kind of relied on myself, and I think I got really like sold on just one thing, like what I was doing. Like I, I started out with like Dorian Yates and Mike Mincer's hit as far as training. Yeah. And that was my first like true like training program that I would follow. Because before that I was just kind of do whatever. Yeah. So that was like the first like true structure I had. And I made some miraculous gains in the beginning. So I thought that was like 
that was it. That's the holy grail to, 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 to this thing. And, um, you know, in hindsight, obviously it's like not the most ideal way to train. <laughs> so it's like just having an open mind. I think if I would have had an open mind, it would have really allowed being humble, you know, really allowed yeah. me to, to learn and to keep growing. And I think over the last, probably since 2009, uh, when I met the other guys here at 3D Muscle Journey, they really instilled that in me, you know, Hey Jeff, there's more than one way to get the job done. And, you know, I was a little bit, um, defensive with them like no 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 this shit works this shit yeah. works i know what i'm doing man yeah. and they're like no no try this try this try that i'm like finally i'm like okay let me start incorporating some of their ideas and i mean the the best gains i've made was from the time i was 38 years years old till now gonna be 44 next month so um you know i went from like let's say a a pretty good amateur at the time to now um i, I wouldn't say i'm like one of the elite but I, i'm working my way towards that way mm-hmm and that's that's doing it in late 30s and 40s so there's something to be said about just being humble staying open-minded and be willing to try new new approaches methods um because that's how you find out what works and what doesn't absolutely that's an, that, that's that, a, yeah, yeah i I, uh, I mean that's i think why i resonate with with your journey so much is um is that i kind of started i got back into the bodybuilding at at 35 and um just, I've definitely made the most gains. I'll be 40 this year. The past five years, I've made, I've made better progress with my physique in the past five years than I did like the previous 15 to 20 years. Um, yeah, and just seeing what you've been able to do in the past few years has been, uh, has been outstanding. Uh, and it, I think it goes for all different forms of training when it comes to like the closed-minded approach. It's amazing how some people get really, really defensive. I think we've all been there at one point. I, I when I started, all I did was like the um, the five day body part splits, and, and it was working mm-hmm. wonders for me at that time because it was such a change from what I was doing. Um, and I just kind of got married to it for about a year. And whenever someone would criticize body part routines, I I would get defensive about it. And then, but then I see other people are they're all about full body routines. And when you start saying that that may not be the best approach, there's try other approaches. They get defensive about it. But um, after that first year, my I, I really learned to open my mind and start experimenting with a variety of frequencies and, and training protocol. And that's really when my uh, my physique started to to progress uh, quite well. At an exponential rate compared to just sticking with one method. Yeah, I think like when I think back to when I was doing hit like in my twenties, and even I was even doing it in my thirties. Like when I was working in the auto plant, you know, there's some guys in there that worked out and stuff, and we talked training and um, how dare they interrupt our, our podcast with the phone? Call. Can you believe that? <laughs> no, I'm, I kidding. Kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. And the auto plant, like with these guys, I would like they would still we talk exchange how we train, and I always like, oh, you guys are doing it wrong. <laughs> you know, so I was like telling them, "Hey, you guys are doing it wrong. Like, this is how you're supposed to train." And I think a lot of time, like I think I was like, I did like that was part of my identity. And yeah. I think whenever yes. someone's attacking your identity, you yeah. get defensive. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think like a lot of the social media stuff. Like, I'll be honest. Like sometimes I scroll through Facebook and Instagram, I get really turned off because it's like these guys just debating and defending their beliefs and i don't care if you're you're the most you know intelligent science-minded guy on the planet or you're the most biggest guy on the planet you know if you come across as egotistical i don't really i get turned off by that i don't want to listen to you because of that yeah so to me it's like 
the guys that are humble and they really the way they kind of um, you know disperse information mm-hmm. with a humble approach. I mean, to me, that gets across a lot better, and that's the reason why I kind of love Eric Helms. He's like to me, he's like one of the smartest dudes I know, but he's also very practical and he has a great common sense about him. So it's like every Mondays, you know, we do, we, we check in as coaches with each other, you know, we talk about, you know, let each other know how we're doing personally training, all that good stuff. And every Monday he reports in, he does a a research. He, he, he does some research and he reports into us every Monday so we can keep learning, continuing our education. And basically he's like, he'll disperse the information at the very end. He'll go, this is what it means for us. Yeah, and it ends up ends up turning into pra- you know practicality and common sense. Mm-hmm. So he says, if you guys can use this with your athletes, apply it. If you can't, then don't. Because basically, you know, you can't apply everything to everybody. Right. You know. Mm-hmm. So, so for me, for example, for me, I, I you know, if if someone said, okay, Jeff, you need a lot more volume than what you're doing, I need you in the gym, you know, doing X amount of volume. Well, guess what? I don't have three hours a day, two hours a day to train. Yeah. I have a family to think about, so therefore, it's not practical. Mm-hmm. And the last prep I did was like, if if you guys seen my spreadsheet, you'd be like, oh gosh, what is this? Because basically, I train, I changed my training like probably at least seven or eight times, six, seven, eight times, mm-hmm. and it was it was based on life schedule, not so much on what was quote unquote optimal. Huh. So you just you just did what you had to do to, yeah, just you just looked at your schedule and your the requirements of your life and and just worked around it accordingly worked around it and i think you know because yeah. my prep that prep i haven't really shared too much with anybody it was like in most people's eyes we look like wow that's not very optimal you know because mm-hmm. i do a lot of things that are in some circles are like oh well you shouldn't be doing that yeah but that was optimal for me mm-hmm. because of my circumstances and when i won that pro international backstage as soon as i walked off stage i fell to my knees and cried like a baby because mm-hmm. to me it was it wasn't that i needed judges to validate me or wow he won or whatever it was more of like i felt validated like my 30 years just kind of came to a head right there it was yeah. all validated and you know it was kind of like a middle finger to those who think who say who preach you got to be optimal it's like, yeah. Guess what? I just discovered what my optimal is, and it's defined by each person exactly. and their circumstances. So that's that was kind of a, so my approach now moving forward is just kind of like that. It's like even with my athletes, I I try to find what's you know what's their optimal. Mm-hmm. That's such that's, a good point, man. That's especially yeah. when, you, when you consider like you could have added more volume in there, but would that have caused more stress for you in in your life, and would that kind of hinder your results. Um, so yeah, just how you're responding yeah. to the training, like more volume may, may be more detrimental to you than. Well, well, yeah, that, that was the issue in the, in the kind of, cause at one point I was like, I let Alberto Nunes, I said, Hey, you know, go ahead and coach me. I go, I've never been coached really. Like, like mm-hmm. really just said here, you guys take the reins. They yeah. always had their input and I take some of it, but I said, here, you take the reins and set up training schedule, all that. So he did, and not to say that his schedule was bad. It's just I couldn't adhere to it because my life schedule was was right. way too crazy. So I'm like, this was it was actually causing me more stress because here I am. I don't have the time to fit all this in. My workouts are being stressed. Yep. So I'm like, you know, I told him, I said, you know what, I, I got to do this on my own. You know. And so basically, I just kind of took back the reins on my training, and and it became flexible training. You know, if there was a day where I could work out, hey, I got it in. If I couldn't, I'd take the kids to school or whatever. Doc, I, that's what I ended up doing. So, 
Very cool. And so again, that's kind of why I like the slow conservative yeah. approach too. It's because yeah, you could talk you could talk like okay, you could lose a pound of fat per week, blah blah blah, x number of weeks for the amount of weight you need. But I always say okay, add eight to ten weeks on top of that for life. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no kidding, no kidding. That's it's, it's an interesting point though. I just know in my own journey, it's not quite twenty nine years, but it's, it's pushing twenty five, I guess. Like every time I've, you know. Kind of, you know, thought, you know, maybe I'll, I'm done with this stuff, man. I'll, you know, I'll quit working out. I'll do something else. I'll whatever. It's yeah. always been when I've been trying to follow, you know, the beat of someone else's drum, whether it's their schedule or I got to do this and I got to do that and I this and I have to do that. And it just, it's, it's, I think it's the just the stress of, of, of jumping through all these hoops is what it almost burnt me out a few times. And I think it's, it does that to a lot of people. Hmm. Yeah, I mean. As a coach, too, it's like I, like I'd say when I first started coaching, it was like, yeah, here's your program, you know, I want you to follow it. But now it's like, here's your program, here's the structure, yeah. and let's, you know, they'll start out on it, and then I'll say, okay, report back in, and let's tell me what's working, what's not working, and then we revise it. You know, mm-hmm. you make revisions based on what's 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 been going on. Um, so a lot of my coaching is, is based on that and not so much. Okay. I use science, like, just like, you know, cause that's what we do here at three mm-hmm. muscle journey. But yeah. again, only if it applies to that person's situation. Right. Yeah. yeah and I think that's, you know, when we see the, uh, you know, cause I see on Facebook, a lot of guys just kind of like bashing science now. I'm like, okay, that's, you, no. you guys are swinging one way or the other. It's like, no, you guys, there's, there's a thing called many shades of gray. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. But there's some people that like to be told what to do. You know, right. I've had those clients where like, just tell me what to do. I don't yeah. want to think. And I'm, yeah. Okay. That then yeah, I'll, I'll give you what you want. But right. Yeah. Better to educate them and and if you can teach them awareness, I think that's the the greatest gift that that you can give them. Rather rather than just handing them something, follow what I tell you to do. Yeah. Get them to pay more attention to the process. What's going on? how they're feeling, what their energy is like, and how it's impacting, impacting their life in general. Uh, that, that awareness will, will guide them for, for many years to come rather than just a structured plan for 12 to 16 weeks or whatever. Yeah, I totally agree. So like, like some guys, it's like I'll set them up with structure and they'll, they'll go through it for maybe you know eight weeks, 12 weeks, whatever. Um, but then eventually I'm like, okay, instead of like having a structure of, okay, in week one, I want you at three sets, week two, four, week three, five, build the volume up. Then it gets to the point where I'm like, once they get good at kind of understanding themselves in the, in the program, it's like, okay, now we're going to run auto-regulate your volume. So three to five sets based on how you're feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. how you're recovering and all of a sudden i'm giving them the power to kind of make those calls because otherwise like you said they're never going to learn right now between your how what was the time frame between your last two contests so the one in 2014 um the world's there what, what was your previous contest how how long was that 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 gap there you mean from the pro international to the yeah. worlds of 2014 uh, or are you talking about the contest seasons contest seasons yeah like so, uh, I competed in 2011. Okay, was yeah, the so, previous season? Yeah. So two to three years between shows. And was that where you said the difference was about 10 pounds of stage weight? No, that 2009 to 2011, it was 10 pounds, about okay. 10 pounds of stage weight. Um, wow. And yeah, the the difference is there. It's probably where, where you kind of want to know what's how, what was the differences between the two. <laughs> <laughs> 
2009, um, I want to say I prepped for about 28 weeks, mm -hmm. and I started about 202 pounds heavy, and I got down to as low as 156. Mm -hmm. So it was uh, even though I was 28 weeks, it still it was an aggressive prep, and I really didn't incorporate too many refeeds. Um, and my style of training was more along the lines of hit. So it was like just punishing myself every workout. Mm -hmm. And I had a, I was doing quite a bit of cardio, um, which I basically need because I'm pretty sedentary. But at the time, I wasn't. I was working at the auto plant. So lots of cardio on my feet all day, lack of sleep, lack of refeeds, um, pounding myself into the ground in the gym. Yeah, at the time, you know, I won two pro cards like that. And I was like, oh, I'm doing pretty well. But, you know, in hindsight, in 2011, you know, it was like, okay, I wasn't working at the auto plant, so that was a plus. I was getting more sleep. Um, I was having pretty decent-sized refeeds regularly, and uh, the cardio was basically list of nothing too too aggressive. And so, yeah, I think just in the training was different. So it was more volume, um, touching, you know, uh, lower and higher rep ranges, not training to failure. So mm -hmm. just put a healthier physique on stage. So, yeah, there's a 10-pound difference. So it wasn't like I gained muscle from 2009, 2011. It was like I retained it. I might right. have gained a little bit, right. but yeah. I think I retained a lot more muscle, and that, that was the difference. Yeah, that's why um, I kind of figured out. I wanted to get it. I wasn't sure if it was this last one because you took a nice slow and steady approach if – if your stage weight was heavier because yeah. yeah you retained more muscle during that time it was it was retaining i think there was a yeah there might have been a little bit of a little bit of muscle gain but mm -hmm. it's more way more muscle retainment and then the differences from 2011 2014 was even longer time frame and even a less aggressive approach i was like uh, having uh, double refeeds like i'd do five low days two high days wow so pretty big size refeeds too and it's like the average is like half a pound of fat loss a week mm -hmm. you know and so more refeeds um you know a little bit more volume no failure uh so just a more slow conservative patient approach and this the stage weight was about the same as 2011 but it, it definitely looked a little bit denser and leaner in 2014 mm -hmm. so again it might be maybe a little bit more retainment maybe because i think you know from the ages of 40 to 43 i don't think i put on a ton of muscle yeah right but it's quality like at, at that this stage of the game i mean we we train because we love it um but like it is it is a it is a grind some people look at us we're putting in the effort and just for for small gains at this point um yeah it's tough it can be a grind mentally emotionally um, but it is even the smallest gains, it's quality. Like, especially, I mean, looking at the, your physique, the, the last show, when you compare the 20 year difference there, the muscle maturity is, is freaking ridiculous. It is definitely that you see the denser detail in the muscle. Yeah, yeah. Can you, can you speak to that a bit, Jeff? Like, um, a lot of people kind of get perplexed by that. Like when, like, like, is it? You know, is it that you're getting in better condition, or do you think it's by doing more volume that your muscles just getting you know harder? It's getting more of that granular look, or is I it... think it's just you're just more developed. And yeah. can you take someone who's been training, let's say two years, three years, four years, and someone's trained like 29, 30, like me, maybe the same body fat percentage? Yeah, I'm gonna look denser unless it's just a genetic freak. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna go look denser. It's just there's more there's more muscle. You know, yeah. mm -hmm. it's gonna look denser. 
I don't think there's some magic as far as like muscle maturity. I don't think that's like mm-hmm. a, a magic thing. It just means more muscle, basically, and a little more conditioning too. Go ahead. Like I was just actually working on a on on something I'm writing. Like I'm finding that as I get older, it, it, this is almost it's almost getting easier. Uh, not maybe not to get bigger, but to get you know, the body I want. And I'm certainly my genetics aren't improving as I get older or my metabolism or any of that jazz. So like, I, I assume that it's just that I'm understanding my body a bit better and maybe prioritizing a bit better, whatever. Um, like, are you finding it's getting a little bit easier even with, you know, it's, yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's easier. Like every time I go to prep and get on stage, it's easier every time. And it's because of the experience level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, when I prep a first-time athlete, like I have a, a teenage kid going today competing. Oh, fuck. And basically what I told him this morning was like, hey, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to be successful today and you're going to make mistakes. In- embrace it. Don't stress it, you know, and enjoy it because you're going to learn. You're going to come out of it a better body in person. Mm-hmm. So I think experience level is huge and maturity level is huge too. So I was in my 20s compared to now. If I had the same maturity level I have now when I was in my 20s, well, shit, I probably would have been doing a hell of a lot better back then. It's just <laughs> the approach, the maturity level is a huge, huge role. And I think when I see people on Facebook, you know, not that I'm like the the guy who should be judging everybody else, but it's like the you could you could see the maturity level, the way yeah. their conversations are going, the debates are going. Yeah, a lot of yeah. So yeah, I think as I get gotten older, it gets easier, and because because I know what to expect too. Mm-hmm. You know, when I prep, like the prep in 2014, I knew going into it that if I was going to take myself to another level, then I was going to have to endure a little bit more pain than I did in 2011. Because to get leaner, you're going to have to suffer a little bit more. So from the pro international to the the worlds was like another eight weeks. I only lost like a pound from that, but that pound was. <laughs> pretty hard it was grind mm-hmm. so and i know like the next time i go to compete if i want to beat my former self and you know be able to compete on some of the more elite guys then yeah i'm gonna have to get even leaner so that means i'm gonna have to sacrifice even more so i have to prepare myself mentally and also not only that it was like i had a conversation with my brother um at the airport on the way to uh, kansas when i did the pro international and I was already kind of con- contemplating then if I should do another show or not. And I said, you know, I really want to do like the Orton Cup for Worlds, but the Orton Cup, it was on the same day we were having a seminar uh, out in the Dominican, so I couldn't do that. So I was like, okay, I want to do Worlds, but I don't know if I want to put my family through another eight weeks because I know I'm going to have to go to a place I've never been before. Uh-huh. And I knew I was going to suffer a little bit for that. And I didn't want them to feel the effects of that because. You know, let's face it. When you're that lean, you're you're hungry, you're you're tired. It's hard to kind of put a smile on your face. So I didn't really want to affect them. Um, so at that conversation I had with my brother, he's like, "Well, you know, you just you know talk it over with your family." Basically, that's yeah, kind of what I did. And of course, I have a very supportive wife who's just like, "Yeah, do what you got to do." Um, <laughs> and she didn't complain not one time through the 50 weeks, not once. Are you serious? Not, not once. Not once. No. Oh man. That's and like right now, I'm getting ready. I'm getting ready for guest poses in August. So I've kind of been kind of in that prep mode again. But she hasn't even noticed because basically, like last night at dinner, I had her food. It was a little bit oily, but uh, I just kind of just put less on my plate, and uh, she she didn't even know. So she didn't. Know. <laughs> yeah. How about right, so, um, your off season, your your building season? Now you've 
what have you learned from that? Like in the past, I've, I've heard you mention where you just, you've gained excessive weight pretty quickly. Now, now have you learned from that approach and starting to like kind of just gradually increase your calories or, or what's, what's your building phase like or your off season like? So I know I know my I know myself pretty well like the t- like in the past it was like I did you know the basically back in the old days it was like okay let's diet for 12 weeks you know bro food and then you know yeah. after that you gain a shitload of weight because you, you basically it's like letting the letting the, the dog out of the cage it's gonna go <laughs> crazy so so just you know I've had a hard time after every season controlling weight <laughs> um, just because of how restrictive the prep process was so ever since probably my 2011 season the last two seasons it's gotten better mm-hmm. but it's still a work in progress mm-hmm. and the approach i took this last uh coming off this last season was not oh i got a reverse diet yeah which i think is i don't want to say it's stupid but for me it, it's just it's kind of dumb because it's like here I am I just suffered for 50 weeks mm-hmm. <laughs> no, and I don't know what my body fat percentage was but we'll just give it a throw a number out there we'll just say maybe 5% yeah. so sitting at 5% at, for like probably a good 16 weeks of that prep so imagine in that state for like four months and then now you want me to stay relatively lean and you want to give me one rice cake per day (laughs) and and do that every single week for for four three four or five months later yeah right yeah no no hyper focus goal so to me it's like i already knew i'm not gonna be able to adhere to that so it's like so now we're like I'm not a fan of labels, but it's more like recovery diet because basically allow some body weight to come on initially. You're going to feel better. Mm-hmm. You know, more food's coming in. You got body fat back. Leverages are going to be better. You're, you're, you know, you're going to just feel, you know, mentally you're going to feel a lot better. Energy is going to be better. Um, libido, all that good stuff. So to me, it's like the, the goal coming off a of season for me is to get back to normal. And of course you don't want to get overly, you know, fat. So, I allowed some weight to come back on, and basically, um, after a couple of weeks, it was like a slow, gradual um, buildup as far as like gaining weight. But I don't like to track macros all the time, like through the whole entire year. So it's more so just having awareness and self-control. It's like, okay, if I'm gonna have pizza, don't eat the whole damn pie. You know, right. just have a, maybe three, three, three slices, maybe four. But then the next day, if you need to balance it out, you know, kind of balance things out. So yeah, and I this this time around, yeah. I mean, usually at this point, you know, four or five months after a show, I'm like, yeah, back to thirty pounds over or close to it, and now I'm only like, you know, fifteen over. So it's been and, a success. And that's pretty comfortable weight for you right now, and, and like visually happy with the physique, and uh, you're in a good place. Yeah, I think visually, of course, I'm like, okay, I don't look like I did. So it's like, yeah. but I'm okay with it because I know the the positive is like, I feel good. You know, training's good, recovery, um, my overall uh, happiness is much better. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, when I was about 10 over, I was like, can I hold this? And I'm like, yeah. no, because I still wasn't feeling normal, you know? Right. So I'm like, okay, just allow a few more pounds to come back on. And yeah, I feel way better now. So I think a lot of times guys, when they reverse diet, you know, Hey, if you're six months post show and you're 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 only you know eight pounds over, ten pounds over, and you're eating a shit ton of food, you're still freaking lean. You're 
to me, it's like you're probably not going to make too much more, you know, physical gains. Yeah. Sitting at that low body fat, even though you're eating a ton of food. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah, I'm the same. I'm certainly the same way. I think. I think reverse dieting. It's a. You know, it sounds awesome in theory, and it, and it makes a lot of sense. But you just have to always measure everything with practicality and experience. And and to be in a place where you are at for such an extended period of time. Uh, you just unless you're in a lab and, and the food is controlled, like it's like, you, yeah, you know, your body will just drive you to eat more. And I think you have to respect yeah. that. You have to respect that a little bit. I mean, you have to. Your body's telling you to do something. Yeah, reverse diet works. I mean, mm-hmm. if if you could adhere to it, that's the thing. It's mm-hmm. not like it's like a, a total bad thing. It's just like all the athletes I've coached. Like in the beginning, it was like, okay, let's get these guys reversed. And I had one guy who was just like, yeah, I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. And this guy was rock solid through an entire prep. Never cheated, nothing. He was like dead on. Came in great shape. So, you know, he he convinced me he can do this. So I was like, okay, let's do it. Yeah. That first week he benched like three times. You know, just the mental. Yeah. Because they're, again, no longer that, that uh, hyper-focused goal. It's gone. Yeah. So there's nothing there to keep him on the straight and narrow, straight and narrow. So basically, yeah, I learned from that experience with that athlete. Like, this isn't probably the best thing mentally for people. Yeah. So yeah, and physically too. Like I said, it's like you're you're better off just gaining some weight in the mm-hmm. beginning. So that's kind of how we approach reverse, not reverse size, but recovery now. Yeah. It's like after you're you're done with your shows, then okay, my job now is to make sure you get back to to normal state. Um, Mm-hmm. And, and we really encourage athletes to kind of stay on with us a little bit longer post season, post show. Um, you know, not that's not always the case, but that's what we try to do anyway. Right. It's really interesting. There's a couple of things you you brought up that I was, I was actually discussing with with Brian yesterday. Um, just like not having not having a target, not having a show, not having a photo shoot. Um, just kind of finding something to to drive you to to push. The, the envelope a little bit more. Um, and I know you're big into to mindset. I, I'm a fan of John Wooden as well. I see you quoting some of his work throughout some of your videos there. Um, when someone isn't, like if you're coaching someone who isn't prepping for a show, um, what are some of the, like the mindset, mental techniques that uh, you try to instill in them to, to keep, to, to ignite that fire within them to kind of become the best that they can be? Yeah, it's, I think just kind of in a nutshell, it's like you strive for progress, not perfection. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Because it, it, it could be like as simple as, okay, you did one more rep than you did last week. Okay, that's a progress. Mm-hmm. So trying to teach people to not uh, look at the end goal is, yep. is but, you know, stay within yourself each day and, and strive to be your best every day. I think it's just, it's kind of what how I, I do things with, with non preppers with with preppers as well with mm-hmm. with athletes as well it's the same concept because mm-hmm. we're not going i think if we we always strive to be perfect like we're gonna stress ourselves out right. basically yeah right i i, so, I agree yeah. and it, it's it's pretty wild the the athletes and, and just the the general population that i train from time to time when they when they stop thinking about the end goal and they start focusing more on the the process itself and really learning to to celebrate the mini victories from each workout from from every day they they're those are the people who really they they get it they're having fun most of the time 
if not all the time, but yeah. we'll have our off days here and there. Yeah. But they, they, they have a whole different approach. It's like it's they're not dreading a workout. They're not dreading a meal. They're just really embracing the process, the journey. Um, and you see it. You, you physically see it. Um, on their faces compared to the others who aren't quite there. They're just focused on the end goal and every cardio session is just, they're just dragging their ass to get there and just not, not having fun. Um, which kind of, I think kind of mm-hmm. defeats the whole thing. We're supposed to be in this for fun. Exactly. I think that's the biggest thing is like, you know, I think when you look at like some of the science guys, they, you know, they preach the science so much that people think that you have to do everything exactly like that. And I think that creates a lot of stress for people because it's like no longer fun. Mm -hmm. And I get, I know I get some flack because I'm like, you know what? A goals of to have fun. And if you're not doing quote unquote optimal, it's okay. As long as you're, it's sustainable and you're enjoying it, then that's what matters. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like, I know I get a lot of flack for saying this stuff, but to me, it's like, I'm at a point now where I could give a shit. I'm like, (laughs) I've been doing this for 29 years. Um, So whatever I've been doing, yeah, sure. Maybe it hasn't been the most optimal at times through my 29 years, but yeah. I'm still here doing it. And there's a reason for that. Mm-hmm. It's because I'm enjoying what I'm doing. So even the times I was training where maybe it wasn't like the best, like the hit stuff, yep. I was having fun yes. and I kept doing it. So it's like, if I'm a coach and I give you something you guys don't like and you say, I don't like this, give me something else that's going to work. And maybe in my eyes, I'm like, man, that's probably not the best thing I'm going to give you guys, but hey, let's do it. If he keeps you going, yep. hey, then guess what? We just found something that's going to work for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's got to be fun, man. I mean, I think especially, uh, you know, we're all kind of bordering on the older category. And, like, the dudes who are still at it and they're still, like, in their, you know, they're in their 40s and they're still going, you know, almost religiously, not skipping workouts. They're the ones who are just, they're having fun more than anything. It's it's not about a contest or a photo shoot or yada, you're looking better than their neighbor. It's just like, it's fun. I mean, it's, you know, maybe, you know, the grind, it could be a grind, but it's still at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's gotta be a pleasurable experience, you know? Yeah. I think that like guys our age though, the, we've been, we've been doing it for so long. I think we kind of, <laughs> like, like when I were back to when I was in my twenties, man, I was like diehard, you know, that's all I thought about was the gym at the auto plant all day long, you know, eight hours in there going, can't wait to get to the gym. Can't mm. wait to get to the gym. See, you already had it in my head how my sets were going to go, what weight I was going to use. Like, it was all in my head all day long. That's all I thought about. What kind of cars were you building? Uh, we were building uh, the Toyota Corollas, the time Pontiac Vibes, and a Tacoma truck. It was a, it was a joint venture between Toyota and uh, General Motors. Okay. It was the only plant in California. They shut it down in 2010. Oh um, and then it reopened a couple of years back as Tesla the electric cars. Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, they laid off like over 5,000 people. I lost my job. So at the time, like that was in 2010, I lost my job. Um, I lost my, my house, uh, went bankrupt, got a divorce. Uh, my, my ex-wife was married for 20 years, high school sweetheart. We just grew apart basically, had nothing to do with any of that stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, it was like the worst time of my life uh, back then in t- 2010. 2010, 2011. I was like at rock bottom. Right. So now it's like, yeah, I'm in a much better place. So sometimes you have to go through shit to get to Mm. a much better place. Were uh, was training something that you know in such a dark time was training something that you could kind of like you know hang on to and get a little bit of you know positivity from? 
Yeah, that was that's that's one thing I would say that you know, the training was definitely an outlet. It was something that was positive, and I was actually prepping in 2011, going through all that. Wow. And so that was like a positive. So that kind of got me through those rough spots. And then I had, of course, you know, my family and, um, you know, my fellow coaches here, um, you know, coach Loomis, Brad, basically this guy dropped his family on new year's, new year's Eve. And he drove all the way down to my house. So he could, so we could do the new year together. So I wasn't by myself. That's the type of guys that we have here. Yeah. That's, uh... so it, it's not, we're not just, you know, uh, you know, business partners. We're, we're friends first. Yep. Wow. So were you prepping, like, were you already doing, like, as a part-time job, like, prepping people while you were at the auto plant? Yeah, it was, like, uh, it transitioned. At the, it was kind of kind of neat how it worked out. It was in 2009, when I was working at the auto plant, I started the website. It was just my blog. Yeah. 3D Muscle Journey was my blog, just chronicling my, my prep, because I wanted to just have people, you know, be able to experience it with me. And then I was like, okay, let me add in the the natural movement. So I started like including other people, like writing little articles about these people who are natural. Um, and then I met Eric and Berto, and 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 I already had met Brad a couple years back, but we kind of lost touch. And you know, just conversing with them, like, hey, what do you think about coaching? You know, you got this website. You know, we got a big following on the bodybuilding.com forums. I'm like, no, dude, I'm good, man. I, I work at the auto plant. I don't want to do that. Yeah. So basically, yeah, the more we talked and got to know each other, it just kind of just started happening. You know, we started, we turned this, we wanted the site to be more of like a online uh, magazine for natural bodybuilding. And that's how it kind of started, writing articles, covering shows. And then uh, we, we launched coaching in the beginning of 2010 with the two sponsored athletes um, for free, coaching for free. And basically it just kind of went from there. So when when the plant shut down and, and, and you got laid off, was it kind of like now you had your feet in the fire? Like now you're – Yeah, I was like, okay, what do I do? Do I go back to school and do something else or do, wow. I, do I do this coaching thing? And I've already invested a lot of time because building – I'm not a web designer by any stretch of the imagination. The website, is it's, it's getting overhauled. Basically, it's been a, a new <laughs> launch. We're launching a new one. Someone else is doing it. But I mean – I didn't know anything about websites, but I was, just, I was working like a madman, you know, coming home from the auto plant, staying up till midnight, doing this website thing, and like, just keep putting in the investing. This is my passion, and I'm like, I'm just gonna follow it, and I'm not gonna worry about money because this is not about money. This yeah. is about passion and trying to help people. And yeah, I mean, here we are. It just turned. It kind of just happened all at the same time. So I lost everything, but then, yeah, it was just like a whole different direction. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. It is amazing how yeah, losing everything opens up the opportunity to to really pursue the passion and uh, and in the process helping a lot of people. So it's uh, very very exciting. Yeah, that's just that's just it. Like the door the door shut. It was like you know the door shut, but then a, a new one opened up. Um, so you, I think some people they get scared to walk through the door that mm -hmm. opens. So yeah. I was like, no, oh. because I, I used to, I'm pretty much an introvert and I used to be kind of timid and I'm, I'm like, nah, okay, I need to open up and, and just go for it. So that's what I did. And thankfully I have like Eric and Berto and those guys to kind of, cause they definitely were a huge, huge part in this. Yeah. Like how, how helpful, I guess I'm answering my own question, but like, yeah, how helpful was that? Like when you're all of a sudden you're, you're out of work and you're going to make this, well, you have to make this plunge cause you have no other options. Like. So how like having these other guys in your corner like how helpful was that? I mean, 
I mean, huge. I mean, uh, these three guys have <laughs> yeah, totally, they, yeah, these three guys have definitely taught me a lot more so than about, okay, how to weight train and how to diet. Yeah. Um, I think emotionally this where I've grown the most over the last five, six years. And, um, you know, we've had deep conversations with those guys, you know, and they've definitely, you know, helped me with the way I think and all that. And, uh, so yeah, they've been pretty, pretty huge. And I think, you know, when we talk about coaching, it's like, I do a lot of life coaching too. Not just, not just, Hey, this is what your macros are. And I think, um, you know, coaching is coaching. You know, when I see yeah. macro coaching, I'm like, what is that? What you is know? That? <laughs> you know, Coaching is coaching, you know? So, so what's kind of cool is we have a science, base background obviously but then we also have a shitload of life experience Mm -hmm. yeah so a lot of these things i have experienced like you know losing everything (laughs) and then regaining everything i mean that 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 is so useful in coaching people no doubt about it man yeah i've been been there i had a i had a personal training business for four years and uh, um, ran me into the ground uh, when i had my own health club there and end up having to claim bankruptcy myself and kind of growing from nothing. It's amazing. A lot of people, they, it's funny how they saw that downtime and they're like, holy shit, poor you. Like this was your life dream to have your, your health club there and um, you had to close it down. You got no money anymore. And, and to me, everyone else was looking at it as like the worst possible thing. But it was such a such a boulder lifted off my shoulders. I, I finally felt free again to to kind of rediscover my my passion for training. Because even putting in just too many hours and making too many mistakes along the way, and yeah. having a young family at the time, um, yeah, it just I, I didn't even I wasn't training much, um, so I had lost my fire for for mm-hmm. for lifting. And uh, when I when I was close it down claim bankruptcy is like a fresh start and then all of a sudden like like you like new opportunities um that's right when i started getting into i came across tom venuto's work and started thinking wow this whole online thing looks pretty cool um and still trained a few clients um one-on-one but uh yeah new opportunities new doors open and and what looked like the worst thing ever to everyone else to me it was like that was the best thing that could have happened to me because um it led to where I'm at today and definitely made me a, a better person for having gone mm-hmm. through that experience. Always tough to see it at the time because mm-hmm. <laughs> it, oh, yeah, it yeah, can yeah. suck. Yeah. But uh, yeah, looking back at it, I was like, thank thank goodness I went through all that. Yeah, I remember my stepdad telling me on the phone, you know, he's like, before he passed away, he's like, because he, he's, he's, he's been at rock bottom too. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's like, trust me, you know, you can't see it now, but you're going to see you're going to be in a much better place. Yeah. So it was definitely a blessing in disguise to have that plant closed down, you know, and to lose my house, to lose my money, to lose my ex-wife, all that. It's like as rough as it was, you know, I was like now I'm like, OK, I have a beautiful family now, um, you know, a great job, you know, and don't take any of that stuff for granted. Right. Right. And there's, there's a lot to say for the camaraderie and who you're surrounding yourself with because lucky for me at the time when I, when I did have that personal training studio, a lot of the people I was training were um, self-employed, they're entrepreneurs. And when I, when I had to close it down and claim bankruptcy, I had no idea. These guys, they didn't open up to me before, but as soon as it happened, I was hearing like, multiple, uh, several of them were coming up to me and saying, oh yeah, don't worry about it. Uh, we've been there before. I've claimed bankruptcy two times or whatever. Really, like, <laughs> holy smokes. And here they are, these huge, successful entrepreneurs. And you, you don't 
necessarily you, you think, oh man, they've been successful all the time, but it's amazing um, how many of them have have gone through really difficult times as well. Yeah. So so when I think when I look at like contest prep and like, oh man, that's hard. I'm like, no, it's not. Not really, man. <laughs> this is like I, I'm choosing to do this. Yeah. You know, and and what was what's kind of that perspective that kind of happened for me is like when my stepdad was going through battling cancer and I'm I'm like I was going through my prep in 2011 so once I found out he was uh, battling that I kind of you know wanted to honor him through the rest of the prep so I kind of just you know said okay this this preps for you and I'm thinking to myself like even on the hard days I'm like I'm hungry yeah I go but I choose to do this he doesn't choose to have cancer Mm -hmm. he has no choice but to face it so I'm like you're hungry who cares suck it up you know mm-hmm. at times when we see guys prepping and you know oh look at me i'm, I'm prepping it's hard but i'm oh, like boy. okay you know what yeah it's hard but you're choosing to do this right. yeah i know and i've actually yeah i've kind of drawn some fire on the internet because i i really am not a fan of that whole that whole like thing, oh, you know, this is war, you know, I'm going to war in the gym and oh, my diet is hell and this is the hardest thing I'll ever do. And I'm always like, this is a luxury that you get to do. This is yeah. like, this is such, it's fun. I mean, yeah, it's monotonous, but it's it's like, this is something, it's, it's great. I mean, you're such an idiot if you're comparing this to, you know, to, to fighting, you know, in, in the military or something or like, you know, fighting an illness or something. Yeah. It's bodybuilding. <laughs> it's, it's, bodybuilding. It's, a, it's a show. It's like, yeah. even though, let's say, the world's, yeah, that's a huge show. It's like, you know, the pinnacle or whatever. It's still just a show. Yeah. So to me, it's like win, lose. It's, it's a show. It's a bodybuilding show. It's supposed to be fun. Yeah, it's fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah we, I'm with you there. Exactly. Oh. Damn. I think Damn, this is awesome. That was an, an hour of um, just golden nuggets dropped everywhere that's that's outstanding man i i it's raining golden nuggets here <laughs> jeff this is sour <laughs> it was that flew by i'm looking just like that time that 60 minutes just went up holy smokes um man yeah i i really enjoyed this jeff it's been great getting to know you a bit more here um love following your work so definitely encourage everyone who's listening to this podcast right now go visit jeff's site 3dmusclejourney.com check out the youtube channel there because you're going to see great videos that the godfather saga from jeff there but also um videos from the fellow coaches that you just mentioned there uh, alberto and um and Brad, he's been doing some uh, vlogging lately. Eric's supposed to make an appearance soon, I heard. <laughs> but he's, uh, he's busy getting that PhD. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, so it's still alive and kicking, though. Well, his Eric's YouTube series, the what was it, the four pillars or was it the five pillars of of contest prep? It was could the be pyramid, the, the pyramid, the yeah, pyramid series. Yeah, like could be the greatest thing like ever in bodybuilding history on the internet like in terms of information and quality and value i'm like yeah, the it's, nutri- it's a nutrition pyramid yeah, yeah. it's like rock solid yeah, yeah, rock solid i see stuff like that i'm like all right i'm done i'm out <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not top of that yeah it's yeah, a, that's why i stick to the mindset videos that's <laughs> fantastic i love that shit i love it keep keep sharing that so it's uh, on youtube i believe it's what team 3dmj is the the name, the channel name there, and then 3D Muscle yeah, Journey. You can get it all from 3dmuscljourney.com. But uh, yep. outstanding information. Jeff, you rock, man. You're definitely a huge inspiration to me. 
um, yep. keep doing what you're doing. This is uh, I, I love every second of it. You're, you're doing some solid work out there. So, and thanks so much for for joining us today. When uh, now go go enjoy that family. Celebrate Mother's Day uh, with your wife there tomorrow, and uh, just have a blast, dude. Will do. I appreciate it, guys. All right. Thanks, man. Take care.